1: We have a, a special Croncast edition, so bursting, brimming with excitement. Bursting with excitement was Roger Munter that we had to get him on to talk about the Giants' minor league system and spring training. Uh, there was just too much, too much excitement. Couldn't wait another week. As,
0: are we are we brimming or are we bursting? Because because uh, one feel is like, more missing than the other.
1: I feel I like you're brimming right now, and maybe by okay. the end of it, I'll be bursting with excitement. <laughs> That's maybe Okay, what we're setting I'm up. right up to the brim. Got All it. right. <laughs> but first, I wanted, to, I wanted to spotlight something that you may not even remember tweeting, uh, as I'm constantly on Twitter. It's just hooked right into my blood. <laughs> but you tweeted at Grant that uh, you were wondering why people were surprised about Mark Melanson's arm troubles, because... You seem to be the only one who remembered a report that when they cut him open and they looked at the muscle in there, the flexor muscle, that it was gray. <laughs> and and that, I basically want give you a to, me. <laughs> to give you a platform.
0: That
1: good to me. Wanted to give you a moment to to express your that you're bursting with surprise <laughs> and shock and think it's a bigger deal than it's being made out to be.
0: I you know I. I do not like being the the, 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 the whatever, the Brian, the Brian <laughs> on this topic. But I have always thought that the kind of everything's going to be okay line on Melanson has been a little weird just because, I mean, from the very beginning, they were talking about a guy in his 30s undergoing a surgery that has no particular history of of success for major league pitchers of guys doing it and coming back to pitch and he's old and and then you got that whole terrible story of like they cut in and said oh this is much worse than we thought and i don't know i read those and i think like okay whatever you get from this guy for the rest of his contract is gravy that's kind of how i would approach it and say i'm going to go to contingency plan a at this point and if he brings value that's awesome. But I mean, I don't know what's your, would you be surprised if this were like a robbed in Noah Lowry situation where it's just like kind of procedure after procedure at this point?
1: Uh, absolutely. I, I think so. And I think what they were getting from him when he was healthy was not great either. Well, I, Because he was never healthy. I mean, that's, right. probably, that's probably the starting that, point. That's pro- that's fair. That's the better assess- assessment. I, I just also think that I would like to understand how the Giants let this happen, and if it was marketing that won out over um, common sense, that the medical reports were shaky and they still said, well, this is what the season ticket holders are demanding of
0: us, this particular guy. Yeah, that's an interesting co- I mean, that was, sort of, that was Hank Schulman who said that last year, like they always knew kind of thing, right? And I wondered at that time if that was sort of a, I mean, I mean, he gets a lot of crazies on his Twitter feed. There's note about that. And if he, he was just a little pushback, it was maybe overstated. Um, because, yeah, I, I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that. Like what they knew or what they suspected at the time or what was driving that issue. So but, that's
1: interesting. You have a good encyclopedic knowledge then of this never works out for pitchers. This never well, returns to health.
0: I, I wouldn't say I, – what I, what I would say is I've never heard of it. I don't know – of this, it's not like Tommy John. Tommy John has a certain success ratio. I feel like the the thing that Melanson underwent was something that I have not heard of a lot of success history uh, hmm. behind it. I mean, uh, thoracic outlet syndrome. There's which which was what ended Lowry's career. You have a little bit with because uh, Matt Harvey's had that, and actually uh, Garrett Williams, who we'll talk about probably in a minute had that in high school but I don't know this whole sleeve thing it just seems like something that I don't know that I've heard people coming back to major league level success which is an insane skill level um, recovery and I don't know have you am I wrong about that do you know of people who are
1: nothing standing out to me I don't recall I don't I can't think of it very often it 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 just always seems like a prelude to a larger surgery or yeah they're they're done
0: This whole thing of trying to increase blood flow to muscles, which I'm sure works well on, you know, Joes like you and me who don't have to do that much with our arm, is different from (laughs) what you have to get back to to be a major league pitcher. That was always my view on it.
1: Yeah, also for guys like us, it probably means like sitting less, stretching more. (laughs) Exactly. Doing some jumping jacks. And uh, that doesn't really do for pitchers. Uh, I guess the other point I was going to make, which is now – quickly uh draining away for me which is unfortunate uh it probably wasn't that great anyway was simply a matter of you know the giants are going to string this along for as long as they can until long past the point where it makes sense to in order to save face and that unfortunately basically this move blocks them from making other moves and so of course they have to make it look like it's just bad luck but it seems like there was, a, there was a miscalculation in the whole affair. It's just too... It's just too... I mean, it seemed like there were too many red flags beforehand. Before uh, they I, did the signing.
0: I tend to agree. I, I mean, the, the whole... That that offseason was all about getting a closer. I, I think I've written about this just uh, absurdly before. That, in a way, the Melanson is like the armando Benitez' decision redux that like the season went down in flames because they didn't have a closer so they went on the market and they said we've got to get a closer and yeah
1: which is nuts so
0: (laughs) how uh, it puts us in like 2007 or so that's right on the the redux time frame
1: (laughs) terrifying uh so then that actually kind of spins us into the whole idea of are the Giants ever going to break these cycles that they seem to be in, which is probably just a competitive window cycle, but are they ever going to develop prospects where they don't have to keep buying the talent they couldn't develop? And uh, as Grant wrote on the site the other day, it sure would have been nice if the Giants... It sure would have been developed.
0: nice if they developed it, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: and you just look at the limited, you know, the the... High-ish floor, but limited ceiling of their pitchers, of their prospects, perhaps. And now they're in this, they're in this zone where Ty Block is probably the best of what they've got. Or oh maybe wait, what Stratton. about Chris Stratton? Or maybe Stratton. We don't know. He hasn't had his first major league start. <laughs> he hasn't started yet this season. Uh, so I was trying. So just to get a sense, you know, you saw basically what would you say seventy percent of the organization sixty-five seven in in a two-week span in spring training.
0: Um, I saw a, I saw a lot, I, I will, so just to kind of paint a picture on this, uh, the way the Giants set up their minor league fields, it's much easier to see a lot of hitters at work than to see the pitchers. The pitchers are kind of like tucked away in the bullpen's way in the back, and they're harder to get a good view of, so... So you, you can't don't... see Mark
1: Melanson. It's,
0: it, it was all the high... I did see Mark Melanson, actually. He <laughs> pitched in the same minor league game as Johnny Cueto. Uh <laughs> Uh, and and I should note that he did not perform particularly well in that A-ball game. Wasn't good, but yeah. uh, you see the pitchers in the game, so you're seeing them a lot less frequently. Uh, so my coverage of the hitters is probably a lot better than my coverage of the pitchers based on the time I was out there. Um, but well, yes, I did see a lot of people working.
1: Well, that's fine. I mean, maybe that's part of the reason why they've struggled to develop pitchers. Most of their organization can't see the pitchers. <laughs> They're just not easily accessible, so you have to work for it. Uh, well, right. Well, who stood out hitting wise? I mean, you know, offensively, the Giants are still going to be, you know, they've got guys who are on the wrong side of thirty and et cetera. Uh, yeah, and they've got some big contracts that'll start, you know, that'll be immovable. They'll just be on the roster, but they'll still need cheap talent to actually do the performance work. So, what what's what what are we looking at here?
0: So I I did because this is just my nature. I did spend a lot of times kind of honing in on the really young levels, the the, the lower levels, uh, the Elliot Ramos group, um, and little less time on the upper levels. In part because you know the best part of the upper levels, Duggar and Shaw were mostly at the major league side while I was there. Um, but I did spend a long time watching Ramos, and and he is somebody that people should be genuinely excited about and I think then for me one of the big takeaways from camp was a guy who will be in the near future kind of known as Ramos running mate and that's um, a very young kid named Alex Canario or Canario I frankly have no idea how he pronounced that name Uh, but this kid who was a really um, unknown kind of international signing very low level five-figure He has crazy, outrageous tools, and he's even younger than Ramos. And he's not assigned to a team right now, but wherever he goes this year, he's gonna he's gonna jump up the ladder really, really quick. Now he and Ramos are both kind of years away, so uh, that's not an immediate term fix. The immediate term people are, you know, the Duggers and the Shaw's. But I do think those two, with some with like the number two pick and some of the IFA people, there's going to be this coalition of like these. 16 17 18 19 20 year olds who are going to be pretty exciting for people over the longer term
1: well uh, i've never heard of of him you could be making him up for all i know
0: (laughs) (laughs) i am not in fact uh do do, do you do you want me to uh to to dive into his history a little further if you have
1: info break the news i'm i'm all ears i'm very interested in in this the giants have someone who has an elliot ramos running mate that's amazing
0: Yeah, he is. Um, So, uh, Canario, I'll I'll say Canario, I'll just pick that as a a possible way to say his name, um, was, I think, like a $50,000 signing on the international market Uh, two years ago. He was a 17-year-old last year in the DSL, and the DSL team, and he ended up uh, not only being the best player on that team, he was the MVP on the DSL All-Star game last year. Uh, he got an immediate invite over to Instrux and got a lot of uh, scouting um, hype at the Instrux League, and um, he's a guy who's ex- exciting scouts, and I could the first BP I ever saw him, the ball just leaps off his bat, he runs fast, he's got a great arm, he's, he's a really exciting uh, package, and he probably could be center fielder wherever he plays this year, although Ramos is a center fielder too, but... As far as if you want to talk, you know, toolsy upside, I would say right now he may be number two in the system behind Ramos as far as full upside. He's a long way away because he's still just 17 years old, but he's a pretty exciting young kid.
1: That's Amazing, <laughs> I mean it's. So suddenly, we have two. Yeah, we have the, two of those guys. Suddenly the Giants potentially have two uh, amazing players. Yeah, with prospects prospects that young, of course it's like well you never know. But you know you were showing video of Ramos when no one else did, and it was just fun to watch him. It looked he had an interesting swing, which I think it's hard to do. For a white guy like me to do comps, to look at players, <laughs> I feel like the only time I've done a cross-racial one was, I can't even remember who it was now, but a darker-skinned player reminded me of Marcus Giles' swing. Like, that was sort of it. But I, I I don't know. I feel like Ramos had an Adrian Beltre thing with maybe just the way his legs were positioned uh, in the box and the way he kind of unloaded. But who does he sort of remind you of when you look at him?
0: So, you know... What's interesting to me about Ramos is um, he is not, you know, a lot of these kids who, who are young and, what the, and projectable are sort of tall these days. We get all these tall, fast players. And Ramos isn't like that. He's, he's uh, I don't know, maybe six feet tall. He's a very uh, fireplug kind of build. He's really, really uh, strong-looking um and what I love about his swing, and, it, you know, he's, he's piled up the strikeouts last year, and I saw him strike out a bunch in camp, and I, and I think there are some coverage issues on the outer half of the plate. But he has a very short stroke for a guy with as much power as he has. He generates a lot of power in really, really compact movement, um, which is pretty exciting to me because, you know, there's the guys who strike out a bunch who are, you know, the Joey Gallo or, or, or Chris Shaw types, the guys who are just tall and they have a big strike zone, and they have long levers, and they're just always going to strike out a lot. I think Ramos is the type of guy, because his swing is so short, and he's not that tall, that he will at some point probably develop good plate coverage and be a guy who generates a lot of power without huge swing. Um, I don't know if that's an answer to your question. There's something that is sort of Kirby Puckett-esque about his, about his physicality to me, in that he's, he's really, really powerful in a in a a shorter package and yet also really really fast so it's an interesting physical um i don't even know what the projection uh,
1: but i guess the bigger question or the bigger thing is you are not disappointed when you when you went and watched (laughs) it
0: no not at all i mean i i do think um when you listen to scouts who watch him a time, people really, really love this kid, and I know he's only 18. He's going to play full season ball at 18. There's a long, long way for him to develop. But my whole opinion about you know physical tools is always that the guys with the with the sort of huge ceiling have so much more range in there. You know, you don't have to hit the ceiling when it's really, really high to be valuable. And I, a, a guy who he in a way reminds me of and I'll say this name and people might say, oh, well, that's not a great outcome, but it really is, is Javi Baez. Javi Baez was a shortstop, huge power, ginormous physical ability, who has, as a major leaguer, really never come anywhere close to what his ceiling is, but his ceiling is so high and he's so physically gifted that, you know, swinging at everything that comes towards him, he's still a really valuable major league player. And I think... That's kind of the, the class or the phylum that I put Ramos in, a guy who really has the ability to be upper, upper level, but if he doesn't get to upper level for whatever reasons, there are so many different ways he can positively impact you that I think there's very likely going to be a good outcome.
1: So so much talent that he could potentially do everything all the time but might just land with doing quite a bit often.
0: Right, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. He can not be the greatest version of himself and still be a valuable major league player, which is, you know, not something we've seen in the giant system. Lately. I think that's
1: the bigger thing. And people might forget, might not be happy to hear, Oh, he's not going to be a hall of famer necessarily, but, and you're not saying he's, he may not be. You're just saying, I, not, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, he just, it, it's just the idea that the giants could draft someone and, They could get to the major leagues and be a contributor. Certainly this century, they've had a run of them. But the fact is, in the last, geez, in my lifetime, it really is just like here and there, there are these cells of it, these clusters, and then it just falls off. And I don't know if you compare to the rest of the major leagues if that's how poorly the Giants fare. It feels like they'd be in the bottom quarter of how a farm system consistently provides any help on some for some part of the game, an infielder this year, an outfielder the next year, a middle reliever here, maybe a back end starter. But it just seems like the Giants just get them in clusters. And I think the whole approach is, can we sustain something <laughs> over a period of time?
0: <laughs> well, I mean that O, oh, but perhaps everything's distorted by how amazing that kind of O six to O nine cluster is, or you can even go back to Kane that O two to O nine cluster. Um, where they really did come up with them, great contributors on an annual basis. I mean, I don't think any any team would feel bad about the 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 Kane, Sanchez, Romo, Wilson, Lincecum, Bumgarner, Posey. That's a six year period of drafting, Belt. which is Belt and and Crawford. Crawford. actually. This, so that's yeah. a seven year period of drafting hmm. with a whole lot of all-star players and you know including mvp and cy young all nobody would feel bad about that cluster
1: not at um, all it just it followed uh it had been since before then it had been since the 80s right where they right. had a similar one so maybe don't skip then, decades yeah the, the,
0: the <laughs> teens have been i mean I, if you want to complain about something what i would say is that you know, teams that pick in the back half of the draft really have to make up with it on the international market and I think that's where that's where they really were not as competitive as they should have been in the last decade is, you know.
1: Is it fair to say that the Giants ha- in the Giants offices up until this year did not have a map of the world in there? Is it possible they just didn't know our <laughs> countries existed where baseball players
0: come from? Um I would not suggest that.
1: Okay, all right.
0: <laughs> but certainly, if I mean other other clubs, if you look at the Cardinals, the way the Cardinals really have have made their hay, they they are not that great drafting team, but they've done so well internationally. And the Giants have had Panda, and kind of that's it. And maybe that's getting, scenario. That's, well, yeah, absolutely. Oh. <laughs> that's getting better, but I do think, and Sabiness said this, that they kind of fell behind the curve. In that, in that arena, and um, they need to pay more attention to that. I I suspect this summer they will make a couple of big signings, and hopefully that 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 starts to be more competitive.
1: I was going to maybe save Ramos for the end, but we talked about. Him. See, you're brimming with excitement over over. Ramos. I was brimming with excitement yes, over Ramos. And that's Ramos. fair. If you want to keep going, that's great. But I was also ho- like hoping to start slow with like so like Canario is a great. Like, you probably haven't heard of him. But who stood out, who else kind of stood out for you and sort of like, this is who, like, you're like, I'm going to make a note to keep track of this guy where I hadn't before.
0: Um, so, I think a couple of people on the pitching side did catch my eye. And one of them is going to be in San Jose this year, which is really surprising to me. It's a kid named Logan Webb, um, who was a f- fourth round pick out of rockland high school i think in 2014 and he was a a football star actually and they took him kind of on arm strength and his career has not gone very quickly he had tommy john surgery and uh, has, has missed a lot of the last two years he looked really 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 good and um surprisingly has gotten a san jose assignment so he's basically skipping over a ball entirely uh, after not having had a full season i think he was maybe the most impressive pitcher i saw on days where i caught him he was throwing very hard he's got three pitches he has a really challenging assignment ahead of him but he's a guy who really could put himself on the map this year i think um another kind of surprising assignment is garrett williams who was i guess last year's breakout star you could say um who's going straight to double a this year um, a left-hander with big velocity and a great slider, uh, who's had command problems. Um, he's somebody we should probably watch out for. And I really like Sean Anderson, who's one of the guys they picked up in the the Eduardo Nunez trade from from Boston. He's also going to be in Double A, and I think he's somebody who could, in not too long a time, be someone you're going to hearing about in San Francisco.
1: What uh, what stands out? What is it about him that stands out?
0: So Anderson is a guy who kind of flew under the radar because he was on a legitimately great University of Florida staff that had a whole bunch of uh, of top-of-the-first-round picks. Uh, A.J. Puck was on that, and uh, Alex Fado. There a bunch of guys who went in the top ten picks of their draft. So he got moved to the bullpen, and the Red Sox picked him up in the third round. He's got – he actually started for the Giants in the game in that uh, uh, game they played in Sacramento. He mm-hmm. has two breaking balls. He throws um, you know a solid 92 94 kind of fastball. He has four pitches. he's got really good command. He's not a guy who does anything like eye popping, but he he kind of has the whole starter package um in a kind of mac i I hate to say this because who's dear to all the hearts but it's kind of a mac Cain package it's like i can throw a bunch of pitches in the strike zone and attack you and good things are going to happen kind of thing um i really think he is a guy who can move himself into the rotation conversation in the next couple of years um I know Boston let go of him because they didn't believe ultimately he'd be a starter, but I don't know. He sure looks like a starter package to me.
1: Also, organization-wise, you know, what the Red Sox think they can do with him and what the Giants think they can do with him. You've got to think the Giants are always confident that they can make a guy a starter or a reliever, the best version of himself. You know, it seems to be the way they handle themselves when they, get, when they pick up players, pitchers in particular.
0: I really loved the Nunez trade for the Giants. I know that people wanted them to make more trades than they did, but for what they gave up in a really, you know, legitimately useful utility player, they got two arms who I think are both pretty exciting. Uh, Anderson is one, and then they got a 17 year old named Gregory Santos who also won't start on a full season team, but he is an extremely exciting pitching prospect who. In the next two three years, people will be talking about with the Giants.
1: I think that's been the key with the Giants in these down years was they never took a step back to go forward. They it's not about re, it's not about a tear down, a rebuild. Understanding that they'll never do that. They,
0: they don't do that,
1: but that's fine. I mean, I get that, but they never you know. Cash Brian Cashman was willing to make a couple of big. Bigger moves to get some talent back. Also, they have the resources the Yankees do to be like, we'll just resign him in the offseason since Chapman's a free agent. Yeah. You know, but knowing that teams need him, uh, you know, the Giants just never seem to be willing to take those kinds of risks um, to get guys like that. Nunez was like the one that they could have reasonably done, but they could have maybe moved Matt. Matt Moore was not having a good year last year. That's probably a bad example, <laughs> but there certainly have been other opportunities. Relievers here or there. I think what rather famously, 2013, they stand, they stood pat. They you know with Javier Lopez, and uh, they might have had something there. So I don't know. it's just things like that makes you wonder. Uh, what you know the giants have to the the one time they do it really you, you're you telling us they're getting they got they've made a good move they got some young players back which they wouldn't have been able to do in any other way uh just based on the draft position or based on their international access etc so
0: i don't know I, I generally speaking like the way they approach the business i like the i like the giant loyalty forever giant thing it it, it plays to my sentimental old heart uh <laughs> <laughs> and and I appreciate that they always want to try. I mean, it just, it seems dreadful to me to be like a Cincinnati Red fan right now, to be honest with you. Um, well, that's
1: always the thing. Like, people are like, oh, the Giants should just tear it down. Obviously, there's a non-Giants fan saying this. And it's sort of like, well, you have to also bank on the fact that they could pull it off. And that's not a guarantee. You know, yeah. in five in five years, which I think is always the normal amount of time... It's a long time. That's a, it is. I could get hit by a bus. Yeah that's a, yeah. that's a lot that could go wrong. It's a lot of terrible baseball. There's a lot going on there. I mean, it turned out the Giants had, you know, 2005, 6, 7, 8. You know, they had it almost as, say, that amount of run, uh, not trying to just tear it all down. Still right. They just
0: accidentally yeah. tore it all yes. down. Yes.
1: Wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So that but, double eight, a- but it, but it oh, is a
0: really long, long time of horrible baseball that you kind of have to slog through. And I don't know i i don't I don't want to do that personally. Right, but uh, then
1: I think then what gets hung on a team like the Giants, which is you know one of the wealthiest, most successful teams in the industry, is sort of well, then they should be doing
0: a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Should they spend their money better?
1: Uh, yes. And and. And I think that's been the tricky part. But you're just you're telling us all the players who are going to be on that uh, that Augusta team. And it sounds like the Green Jackets are going to be really awesome.
0: I I mean the Green Jackets are a pretty interesting team. I didn't even they're going to have Jacob Gonzalez, um, who is a very interesting hitter. I don't, I don't know where he's going to. End that's up where Ramos is, Ramos is. That's where Ramos game. is. Um, yeah. They have um, another center fielder type on that team My name is Malik Ziegler who is maybe the fastest guy in the system a very good defensive center fielder it's it's a pretty interesting team that we're going to be watching a lot i would say on a daily basis
1: and as the giants or as Brian Sabian has said before that's that, that's where the best players are in the system so right yeah <laughs> He's i think basically center play is trash. And if you're yeah. a triple A player that that's not great.
0: But Triple A is, is in a different way a really interesting group because there's a whole bunch of people that can probably help the team this year. Obviously a lot of people are excited about Steven Duggar and um and Chris Shaw is there and Austin Slater is there and you know, there there are a lot of people who will be seen in San Francisco on the triple A team. Um, Tyler Beattie, Andrew Suarez, one of whom is probably going to be making a start in like two weeks. So there's a lot of people that are going to affect the team this year on that team.
1: I know you saw a lot of the low, you saw mostly the lower guys, as you were saying, but I do want to talk about Duggar and I want to talk about Beattie because Duggar, I was aware of him because you had talked to Bup so well. Are you, I'm not surprised, not say surprised, but sort of what was your impression of of his spring training performance? How did you personally react to it?
0: Um, so I thought it was I – was, I, I had a pretty positive response to Duggar's spring training performance. Um, I think people maybe – I mean, he, he missed most of last year with various injuries, ended up going back to San Jose. So he, at this point in time, he doesn't have much experience in the upper minors, and I think his bat is the thing that's going to be – the longest in developing, so it's probably good for him to be sent down to AAA right now. But I had a question before last year of about his center field defense, because he's a guy who is very fast, has a great arm, and people have always said he could be a center fielder, but he mostly had played right field. Uh, he played right field in college, he played right field in A-ball, and it wasn't until um, the second half of his first year in Richmond, that he started playing center field. So I, I just wasn't sure if, how many if he had the reps to be really, you know, instinctual out there. And I thought he showed that he was pretty instinctual in center field. Uh, he had had a great Arizona Fall League last uh, fall in center field, and that to me is is the most important thing with him. He's going to be a player who can do a lot of things well, including center field defense, the offense we don't really know where it's going to, to go. We don't know where it's going to level out at this point. But I think he's a player who's going to be able to provide value with his defense, with his arm, with his base running, with his speed, while his bat is sort of catching up to speed, kind of in that Brandon Crawford way he gets compared to Crawford a lot. But I do think that he's a guy who's going to be able to do all the things well while his bat is trying to get up to be major league quality. And so I was pretty happy with his performance.
1: Yeah, that's um, it was a surprise, I would say, because he hung. The fact that he was able to hang with it till the very end was uh, was was impressive. And it's rare that the Giants. It feels that it's been rare that they've had a surprise quite like him. Usually, it's did, are the guys they're hoping are good, are going to do well. Do they have a good spring? And and I think Duggar was just sort of he had an opportunity and he made the most of it, which is great. yeah um, yeah.
0: And I mean, sort of, I guess, it was sort of like Belt, Brandon Belt the year that he exploded on the scene, except that Belt ended up with there was an injury that led it opened his way onto the the roster. Right, it was Cody Ross was started the year injured, and so he made the team.
1: Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And that was a uh, that was you know. The expectations for Belt also were incredibly high as well, so the fact that he met them just proves him how great Brandon Belt, Brandon Belt is and everyone needs to give him a break, but there we go. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, Tyler Beattie, real quick, I wanted to get in there because he did not have a good spring.
0: No, he didn't.
1: And at the same time, there are still people who are firmly Beatty believers Bead levers. I can't do that. That's, a bad <laughs> That's but terrible. It's awful. It's completely awful. Awful. And I admit that I did not see a single pitch that he threw. And I only have spring training numbers to go off of. And it was. It's basically PU. Uh, so PU for BD. There we go. Now I got it. Now I'm in it. <laughs> and so what? What happened?
0: <laughs> so. I always feel like I have to caveat any conversation I have about Beattie because I'm sort of famously you're
1: his uncle, yes, a, I'm a Beattie
0: that. skeptic <laughs> who, who uh, threw myself down the stairs when they drafted him. You know, I mean, he was kind of who he is, which is a guy who's really inconsistent, who doesn't have great command, and who's who doesn't ever seem to quite reach the level that his stuff suggests he will i mean he's gonna i would think he's gonna be starting the april 10th game so we're gonna see him in the major soon but i don't know somehow to me bd is a guy who is always less than the sum of his parts and i hope that the staff figures out a way to make that not be true but I, I think he's a guy who's inconsistent. He has a long, long history of being inconsistent. He has a long history of having less than optimum command, and he's probably going to be somewhat frustrating.
1: So he's a favor to some friend of an owner.
0: Well, I mean, he's a, he, he's a guy. What you're saying is something the
1: Giants don't need right now.
0: <laughs> you know, you remember John Hart used to be on MLB Network. John Hart would always say. That's what they look like. That was like a a classic John Hart statement. Tyler Beattie is what they look like. He's got a great pitcher's body. He sometimes has tremendous velocity. He sometimes has a, a whole repertoire of out pitches. And when he's at his best, he's really, really, really good looking. But he's frequently not at his best. So... I don't know. There's there's the appeal. I, I under, I've always understood the appeal of Tyler Beattie. He looks like he should be a great pitcher, and sometimes he is. And then there's the rest of the time.
1: It just seems surprising that a team in the Giants situation, which, by the way, should only they should only be viewing every day as a gift. Like Nothing should be taken for granted at this point. But, you know, they're going to start, he's going to start against Arizona, which is an amazing uh, lineup That that's going to, you know, not, they're not going to chase his mistakes. They're going to, they're not going to chase his bad pitches and they're going to hit his mistakes. I mean, that's basically every major league team, but sort of, I guess what I'm hearing is you're making the case that the Giants are going to do what's really bad for them because they have someone who looks the part.
0: Well, I don't know. i <laughs> I've always been a person who was something of a a velocity hound. Uh, I I firmly believe that stuff plays at the major league level. So that's probably the decision they're making, that stuff plays at the major league level. It didn't play in spring
1: training when he had a
0: huge margin (laughs) for error. (laughs) But, you know, sometimes, so this is the thing. He's He's just kind of maddening. When he was at Richmond in, when was that, 2016? He oh, just sure. was looked fantastic when he was in Richmond in 2015. Less so in Sacramento last year. Less so. So he's just going to so be so even years. He's yeah, going to be one He's guy. an even year bullshit guy. <laughs> I personally am an Andrew Suarez kind of. I'm I'm on Team Suarez. I would love to see Suarez get the fifth starter role while that's up for grabs because he's more consistent and he's he's generally a a good sequencer and he stays around the plate. So I tend to be more of a Suarez believer than a BD believer, but I understand looking at BD and saying, "Yeah, that's the guy who can get major league hitters out." I'm probably <laughs> muddling the, muddling that uh, that conversation a bit, but
1: that's fair. Uh, all right. Plays. Well, so you and uh, Kevin Cunningham on the site are posting the have posted the uh, roster previews for the minors. And this will be a part of that whole uh, story stream once it goes up. But uh, I, I guess sort of what's your hope for the system as we start? And we're going to have you back, too. But, you know, you just saw everything uh, opening day, you know, prior to opening day, spring training, got to see all the ins and outs, nooks and crannies, all the whatever. But what what, what was your takeaway? How did you feel when you left uh, Arizona? I'm
0: very excited. I, I am definitely a... a uh... A sucker for hope, blooming eternal. I am Charlie Brown with the football, no <laughs> doubt about it. I went down there and said, "These guys are going to be awesome." Um,
1: so they did. A, they did in a, in a year. They they didn't transform. I don't want to use that word. They they made uh, some inroads
0: in in talent. <sighs> you know, there's still a, an organization that doesn't. Uh, you know, oh boy, how do I put this? So Houston. Last year, for instance, because Houston has been not brimming, but bursting with talent for several (laughs) years now, they could go to Detroit and say, we want to trade for Verlander and you can't have X, Y, and Z. And they still had enough talent to make a deal like that. The Giants aren't in that position. If they try and go make a deal, people say, give us Elliot Ramos, and they say no, and then... There's nowhere to go from that, and that's where that's that's what they have to get to the point where there's the the other guys who are intriguing but not essential, and that's going right. to take a little while to get to. They have, as they always do, some contributors around. I think you know they have contributors on the pitching side and they can contributors on the hitting side who are going to appear in San Francisco, um, and they're starting to get some depth in outfield which is really interesting because we're still waiting you know it's still been chili davis in 1982 essentially for outfield um the the negative side of that is they're really thin on infield and they're really thin on catcher but what i'm going to say is the top levels have contributors the bottom levels are starting to develop some really exciting potential stars and and that's where we are
1: Fantastic, and you're going to be monitoring it all season long. I certainly lines. will. And, yeah, and uh, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. All right, that was Roger Munter, our minor league guru. You can check Minor Lines at com. and uh, again, that spring training or uh, sorry, the minor league preview is up, and you can check all the teams. He and Kevin Cunningham have put together a really nice package. And thanks for listening.